0: Now, the Bible tells us in the book of 1 John chapter 4, it's in that fear brings torment. Fear brings torment. Fear produces torture in our lives. I would like to start by um, helping us understand that whatever you are afraid of has a tendency to control your life. Whatever you are afraid of has a tendency to control your life. Whatever you are afraid of you know, is something you have faith in. So, if you're afraid of something, basically, you put you have more trust and confidence in that thing. So, if you are afraid of a sickness or a disease, it's because you believe that it has more power than the word of God in your life or over your life. Now, the thing is this. These are not the exact words or, a, or thoughts when we are processing fear. Or I'll put it this way, these are not the exact words or expression in our minds when we are entertaining fear. But the actual fact, the actual truth is this that each time you give yourself to fear of something, you are submitting yourself to that thing. You are saying, You have power and control over me. You are powerful. You can control me. You can destroy me. And that's why the Bible tells us from time to time to put our trust and confidence in God. The Bible says in the book of, um, is it Isaiah? Isaiah I can't remember. 26.3, he says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose heart is stayed upon you. Maybe can please let me check it. Is it? that 26.3? Oh, let me check. Yeah. He said, You will keep in perfect, you will keep in perfect peace those whose heart is stayed upon him. So if we want peace, if we don't want to, if we don't want to struggle with, um, if you don't want to struggle with all the anxiety, all the tremor, all the panic, you know, my, my Bible reading is good this morning, 2630, Isaiah 26.3, that's correct. Uh, yet if you don't want to struggle with, thanks babe, if you don't want to struggle with the panic, the anxiety, fight, the struggle, all, all kind of all kind of evil that is going on in our world today, you've got to learn to put your trust in God. So if we keep in perfect peace those whose heart is stayed upon him, because they trust in him is that how it finishes being? Yeah. because because if we keep in perfect peace those whose hearts are stayed upon him because they trust in him so if we are afraid of something fantastic now I, a round of applause for you you guys are a brilliant student so if there's no peace in our hearts it means that our trust is not in the lord it's in what it's in something else and if you put your trust in something negative that negative thing tends to rule you, tend to control you, you know, drives your mind, drives your life. Amen. So talking about the freedom from fear of sin and looking at fear of sin, when we are so much afraid of sin, it means that we believe in the power of sin. And this is an insult on what Jesus has done. Fear of sin is an insult on what Jesus has done for us. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 John chapter 4 that God sent Jesus Christ to bring the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sin. It came, to, it came to pay for all our sins, past, present, and future. You know, when each time people hear future sin, many people just go crazy. Like, what do you mean? You say, you're say you saying that we are giving people the license to sin. So I'm going to ask you, Mr. Professor, or uh, Mrs. Lecturer. So when you sin next, when you sin next, does that mean that it is handed for you? Hello? Because it's all, it's, it, we are very quick and it's so easy for us to look at other people and say, oh, they are doing that. They should not be doing that. God will judge them. God will, God will punish them. God will do this. God will do that. But what about the sins in our own hearts? What about the pride in our own heart? What about the rebellion in our own heart? I love how the Bible tells us that we should first of all take your time to remove the log of wood in your eyes so that you can clearly see the speck of dust in someone's eyes, which means there are more issues in your own life to deal with than other people that you're looking at. And many times when we are looking at the sin and the issues in other people's hearts, we are not seeing correctly because we are judging with our own eyes and perspective and not from the, especially not from the world, because a, a sound student of the word of god and follower of jesus right would not be looking out for sin and inadequacy in other people's lives rather right? they will pray for other people now i feel i should i should balance this i'm not saying we should condone sin i'm not saying we should not call out um act of um, piece of stupid like Pastor Do would call it. I'm not saying we should not call out disobedience and recklessness and rebellion in, in the church. We should call these things out. In love, because the Bible even tells us that if anyone is caught in sin, that many of us, or the rest of us should be mature and should intelligently restore that person back. And we should, we should also be very careful so that um we don't see ourselves superior to that person, so that we don't fall into the same trap too. I'm, I'm I'm sharing some stuff this morning. I've not even started. Amen. Amen. So everything I've said to now, I don't think is a plan for the things that God wants me to share. As I open my mouth to begin to speak, Amen. So fear of sin. If you are afraid of sin, it's because you put your trust in sin and you 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 see sin to be more powerful than what Jesus has done in your life. So what makes people to be afraid of sin? What? Let's look at the, the source of a fear of sin. Now. The things that cause, that produces fear of sin in the life of people is one, fear of the wrath of God. Fear of the wrath of God. The Bible talks about the wrath that is coming. I'm going to go take us into the book of Romans chapter 5 and I'm going to explore some stuff there. So people do not know whether, maybe I should put it in this way, in a way that's more common to us. People are not sure whether they will make heaven or hell. So when a believer is not sure or certain if they will make it to heaven or hell, and they are constantly thinking about sin, constantly thinking about what if, what if, ha ah, what if the Lord returns. You know, it shows that that believer does not know what salvation is about, does not know what Christianity is about. I'm not trying to insult anyone, it's the truth. Because the devil and demons will hide and torment you in your ignorance they will hide in your ignorance and they would touch you and they would torment you in your ignorance that is why we all need to commit ourselves to knowing the truth friends so these two minutes one minute 30 seconds 50 seconds videos that you watch on youtube because i know someone who said, you know that at some point in time in their life how they get their spiritual meals five minutes here two minutes here three minutes here four minutes there i'm like <laughs> you'll be all you'll be all over the place if you give yourself to two minutes, one minute, three minutes, you don't understand context, you will be flimsy, you will be unstable, you will not be steady in your Christian walk. Friends, do you think it's easy to come and sit down and give you 45 minutes or 15 minutes of sound teaching? No. Where everything is connected, sometimes I might speak fast, which I'll have to clarify along the line and stuff like that. But it's not a—it's not an easy piece of work. this It's not a lecture. I'm not delivering a lecture. I'm giving out life to people. So as long as people will not, will not commit themselves to a local church, to be disciplined, sit down under sound teaching and follow the guidance and instructions of their pastor, especially the intelligent pastors and spiritually minded pastors. Because many people who have sound, intelligent pastors, because these pastors are not celebrity pastors, they take their pastor for granted. And they wonder how they are not able to receive from the man of God. They wonder how their life is unstable. They wonder how how they are so open to all manner of evil because they will not sit down under the man of God who is ex, who is exemplifying. When I say sit down, I'm, I'm not saying to sit under the teaching. When I say under, I, I mean teaching direction. And a man of God who is teaching and directing should be directing you according to the word of God, not winning you to himself. So if a person will not sit down in a local church, and and lay aside all manner of super uh overflow, wickedness and the all manner of um, the superficial Christian experience and sit down under the ones that seems to be burning. Who is not Okay, I don't mean any disrespect, who is not in all manner of rigg jeans. I know pastors wear rig jeans, I have not no no concern, I have no things against you, but some of you if your pastor is not wearing rib jeans, if he doesn't look cool, you're not listening to him. <laughs> Lord Jesus help us this morning. So the question is, how does coolness, the coolness of a pastor, his appearance, how does that help your spiritual life? How does that help you to stand against the powers of darkness? How does it help you to stand firm in your identity? How does it help you to overcome the madness and insanity going on in the world and the confusion going on in the world? It means, it means we are, we, our perspective is not right about the Christian faith. Somebody see this one. Say, I repent. Say, I repent. There should be no such thing as a celebrity pastor. Coolness of a pastor has nothing to do with, your, with the soundness of your thinking or with your intelligent Christianity or helping you to live a balanced life. Many people, they are under a pastor. Holy Spirit, help us this morning because we're talking about people and pastor, okay, I'm just going to go with you. They are under a, a sound pastor helping and get, helping them in their spiritual work. But because it's not as cool as some other people, they spend more time and devotion to those ones during the week, but they come to church on Sunday by, oh Lord, okay, I've just got to go to church. Friends, we need to start seeing things correctly. So, as the Holy Spirit has helped us and called this out to caution some people, now I can carry on my service, my teaching. So, People, when people are living in the fear of sin, it's because they do not know. <clears throat> they don't know the truth about, the sal- about salvation, about Christianity, about what Jesus has done. Amen. So, many of such people are afraid of heaven, uh, or they are, they are afraid of making heaven, making hell. Okay, let's start by going to the book of Romans chapter 5. Let's start on verse 8. Romans 5. verse 8 the bible says here it says but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we're still sinners Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from the wrath through him so if you have seen in the new testament that there's a wrath to come the bible is telling us here that in Jesus Christ you have been saved from that wrath in Jesus Christ, you have been saved from that wrath. So that wrath is not your business anymore. I repeat, that wrath is no longer your business. Now, let me also add this to it. And please, I want you to pay careful attention here. I want to start bringing solutions to this problem. So you have to listen to me carefully. I may not get to a point whereby I say, you know, now these are the solutions. Do I have that in my notes? But I'm just going to go as always, Spirit leads me this morning. The thing is this, if we want to be able to deal with the fear of sin, you need to understand the origin of sin. And you must be able to differentiate between sin as an entity, sin as a nature, and sin as an action. Because what we get people to hell, what we take people to hell is not their actions if actions were what would take people to hell, every one of us will end up in hell because none of us will be perfect till the coming of Christ Jesus. Pastors like me and other kind of other guys in them, other other kind of ministries and other guys in ministry, we are working hard to help you, to train you, to equip you to be able to do what God has called you to do. We are not perfect. I make mistakes. You're gonna make mistakes. Sometimes I get angry. Sometimes sometimes um there's a kind of pride in my heart because of because somebody's trying to show up and like okay let me show you let me let me show you sometimes i saw sometimes i have um, uh, flesh flash i get to me and i'm not ashamed to admit it because i'm not perfect with the times i used to try to be perfect my life was miserable so i had glory in my in my in my imperfection in Christ Jesus, not I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about the outrightly intentional sin that people are out these days in the likes of sexual immorality and this kind of thing. I'm talking about this kind of thing. I'm talking about the fact that sometimes I'm hungry and I'm I'm in a hurry and I do some things. Maybe I speak to someone or nice, you know, not that I mean it. Later on, later on, I may realize oh wait, wait, I wasn't very nice to that person, but it was intentional. And back in the days that thing would just knock me out. I'm like, how oh, why will I speak to someone like that? But now I'll apologize if I have the opportunity to but it's not, not intentional. Amen. So we are not perfect. So till Christ comes, we are not perfect. Right? I'm, I'm not sure we be completely perfect because Jesus is the only perfect person. We are only walking towards that perfection of Christ Jesus. We are walking to become the, the new man or woman we are become we are in our spirit. Because when at salvation, at new birth, when we give our life to Christ, we, we, we're new. We, we, we had a perfect new nature. And when the Bible tells us, tells you in the book of Philippians chapter 2 that you walk out your uh your, your salvation with free and trembling, it's asking you to walk on yourself to make the salvation, the newness, the new nature in you to become evidence, to live out your ideal Christian life, your real Christian life. And it takes effort, it takes recognizing your new life, recognizing that there are great things, new things on the inside of you, recognizing that you're a new man, a new woman in Christ Jesus. The recognition of those things, the acknowledgement of those things, according to Philemon chapter one, verse 6 right the acknowledging of those things is what will make your christian life effective but if what you identify with is the flaws and the imperfections in your life all the sin and the imperfections in your life you will not be able to become the person that christ has called you to be and you will not be walking towards maturity amen so if we want to be able to deal with the fear of sin we must be able to differentiate sin as a nature Sin as an entity, so when I say in nature, I'm talking, um, okay, let's let's start with the sin as an entity. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 tells us that, let's go the just the same Romans 5. Romans 5 12 says that, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world. Just as through one man sin entered the world, talking about Adam. Adam sinned and sin as an entity, Satan had right into the world, became the goal of this world. And as many of us who were born of the, the the fallen human nature was was affected by the spiritual death that adam experienced so what i mean is this when adam committed high treason disobeyed god right he received he became a slave of satan spiritually he died spiritually he lost connection with god and it became when i say connection i do not say physical connection i'm mean, talking about spiritual connection he was spiritually dead and he, he and he received inherit a kind of shall i use the word inherited received the nature of the devil because he became a slave to sin he became a slave of the devil so when the bible talks about you've been freed from sin you're no longer a slave of sin is telling you that you've been freed from the power of satan so that's sin as an entity so in that regard satan entered the world brought spiritual death came as a result of the lordship and the union with satan right and then what happened so that's sin as an entity so because sin entered the world, death, spiritual death, came into all men, and the men received the sinful nature. So we receive the nature of the devil, because we disobey God, we're cut off from God spiritually, we're subject to the devil, and we see the nature of God. And that's why every, every everyone born into this world, everyone born into this world, even starting with children, the kind of selfishness in children, it's completely contrary to the love of God. That's why children must be taught to love. Children must be taught to walk in love. Children cannot by nature walk in love. And that's why when a government or some, um, when the government and some bodies are trying to tell you to lead children to be themselves and to do whatever they like, and that's why you see them spinning on the floor in supermarkets and we shout at you, we carry your shopping bag and throw it on the floor and the parents will stand looking at them. And these children become, they become the god in the house, the boss in the house. The children are supposed to deal with, to some extent, you know, um, when I say deal with, I'm not talking about um, spanking them or beating them or inflicting harm on them, but there are punishments you can give children. Yeah, that you can deprive them of many things. Not, not the food, not health kind of thing. But take their games, take things off from them. Go and read your book. Sit down next to me. You know, wrap them around you and you guys read the book together, which children don't really like, except, except children that have been taught in that way. There are several ways to deal with children, not by spanking them, you, because some children have grown to a point that how daddy and mommy spank them it doesn't make any sense to them anymore. You, then you hear things like, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> no, there are ways to deal with children. There are some children that the best way to, to deal with them is talk to them, you call them, and you reason with them, and you let them see their folly and the nonsense of their head. You let them reason, and that one stays in their mind. For if you, if you are skillful and you have the wisdom of God to deal, deal with it, there's so some words you say to some to a two or three year old that will stay with them. Okay, two years old, it's small. Four years to five year old, there's some words you say with them that when even when they are fit, when they are twenty, they still remember. If you do it skillfully. parenting is not an easy job, but but you can you can do these things. You got to invest in yourself. You have to be ready. To, you have to be ready to train a child. Amen. So the Bible recommends that we train a child. So if you don't train a child, a child will become whatever he wants to be. Because everybody born into this world is, this, has been affected by the sinful nature. So sin as an entity Satan, sin as a nature as a result of how we're corrupted by sin, and sin as an action. So the, it is the nature of sin in us that produces the action. And the action of sin that we do commit is as a result of the programming, our mental programming. That's why the Bible tells us in the Book of Galatians chapter four. Sorry, I think is it Proverbs chapter four now. It says, you "Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the hinges of life." You guard your heart, protect your mind, protect your heart. So I'm going to get into guard your heart shortly, but let's let's carry on with. Uh, with this sinful distinction of sin entity, sin nature, sin as an action. So, what did Jesus do? So, when you see the propitiation for our sin, what Jesus came to do for us, how Jesus, through his death, delivered us from the power of sin, when you see that, he's not talking about our actions, he's talking about the nature of sin on the inside of us, he's talking about our deliverance from the person of sin, the devil. So the salve, So at new birth, two things happen to us. We're delivered from the power of the devil. We're released from the captivity of the wicked one. That's what Colossians 1.13 says that you have been delivered from the power and the dominion of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. When a person is not saved, when they are not born again, when they have not committed their life to Christ, spiritually they are within the boundaries and the control of the devil. No matter how nice they are ha- they are, it's only w- it's only a matter of time. It's about when the enemy is ready to walk through them. Amen. So when a single lady who is a believer, child of God, starts mourning and say that I want to if she wants to get married to somebody who is not saved, she's preparing herself for harm because this man or the other way, if it's a, if it's a man trying to get married to a woman, say they may be the nicest person on earth. But they can all, if they don't inflict physical harm on you, they can inflict the, the, the most devastating harm on your destiny and purpose. Because the language they understand is the language of the flesh, the language of the mind, the inspiration of the enemy. But they cannot understand the language of the spirit, the language of the father. So in fulfilling your destiny and your purpose, they cannot be responsive. They cannot be supportive. They can't stand and they, they, they can't fight for you. They can't pray for you. You can have the seemingly best marriage on earth, but it is it is doubtful if you will fulfill God's purpose the way you should. Amen. Because these people, they don't. Anyone who is not born again cannot be responsive to the Spirit of God because they don't have Spirit of God in them. So, at new birth, right, we're delivered from the power and the control of Satan. One, secondly. We receive the new nature. The Bible says in the book of um, John 1, 12, you know, spent, when we believe him, when we received him, he gave us a right to become children of God. Second Corinthians five seventeen says that, you know, I said, um, let's go back to St. Corinthians five seventeen. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ as a new creation, all things have passed away, behold, all things have become new if anyone is in Christ Jesus, is a new creation. So at new birth, when you committed your life to Christ, when you received Jesus Christ into your, li- into your life as your Lord and your Savior, what happened to useless? you is this. You became a new person. So seen as entity, we've dealt with that, because Jesus delivered you through his death. And now when you confess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, accept into to your life, it makes you a new being. So the sinful nature in you is gone. You have a new nature. But there's someone you then need to deal with. And that is your mind. And that's what Romans chapter 12 verse 2 tells you that. You should not you should not pattern your life after this world any longer. But you should be transformed by changing the way you think. So deliverance from the power of the devil, you can't do it. You can only receive it through what Jesus has done. To receive a new nature, not a selfish one, to receive the love of God in your heart, according to Romans chapter 5, verse 5, is by giving your life to Christ. You can't do that by yourself. You can only receive it because salvation is a gift. The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ for you is a gift. He did it not because you are good. Let's go back to Romans chapter 5. Let's, let's start from verse 6. It says, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Hello? Did the Bible say there that Christ died for you because of something you did? No. It, and he didn't die for good people. He died for the ungodly. So if you think that you are too bad for God to save, no, no, no. Or you are too bad for God to love you are looking in the wrong direction because the fact that you have a very horrible and bad past is what qualifies you for the gospel, qualifies you for salvation. So the people who are qualified for the gospel, for salvation, are the ones that are bad, that they know there's no good thing in them. But we think you need to be good to some extent for God to accept you. You are trying to say that you want to combine your own human effort with the salvation of Jesus for God to accept. And that ain't gonna work. Amen. So, verse 7 says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man some will, will even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. So, if you look at these things properly, carefully, and a lot of scriptures to buttress this thing I'm talking about, if you think through this carefully and you see the deliverance that God has given to you from the power of Satan, power of sin, how at new birth, at salvation, you receive, and when you give your life to Christ, you receive the new nature, you realize that you don't need to be afraid of the devil, sin as an entity. You don't need to be afraid of, uh, of sinning because you're no longer a sinner. Yeah, We know sin produces death. Sin has negative consequences, but why are you afraid of it? Do you know that if you are constantly conscious of not sinning, so that you don't go to a hell that does not a, that is not prepared for the children of God, you're gonna be overconscious of sin, and you'll commit more sin. Because each and every one of us will be conscious, and we act according to what we are conscious of. Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter 6, verse 20. What does it say there? So, still because of what Jesus has done for you in Christ Jesus, the Bible says that for when you were slaves of sin, you were freed in regard to righteousness. I don't think I'm reading... So I'll, I'll read down to 22. Yeah. So for when you were slaves of sin, you were freed in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed for? Ashamed. For the end of those things is death. So we know that no matter how much the world glamorizes sin and immorality, we know these things produce death in us that destroy our mind. They destroy our body, they destroy our intelligence, they make us less sensitive to God, they make us um they make they, they make us uh vulnerable to the attack of the devil. Because whosoever whatsoever you are following their direction they are leading, they have the right, they have the right to control you because you are going to their space. So the depression, the anxiety, the fear, the panic, the drug abuse, the, I mean, substance abuse, and all men are going on the world today, may, are all rooted in the fact, okay, let me say that cautiously, majority of these are rooted in the fact that people are indulging themselves in sin, and sin produces death. The same thing goes with power, or work, how people fight one another for or throw other people under the bus, people want to demonstrate power, all this kind of thing, you know, hatred, wickedness, bitterness, all these things produces death. And death is in various forms. I think most of the time we look at death from the physical death, the cessation of life. And as many t- as long as we keep looking at death from that perspective, we will not see the evil um. The evil that sin is producing in our life. The death sin is producing in our lives. Sin is destroying us badly. Amen. Sin is destroying us badly. So that's why we get to... It's not about whether God will forgive you or not. Yeah, God will forgive you, but what is it doing to you? Amen. What is it doing to you? Amen. Right. So, let's carry on. Verse 22 says, But now... I haven't been set free from sin. I'm reading the I- I- King James Version today. But now, it didn't say yesterday or in future. It says, but now, I haven't been set free from sin and haven't become slaves of God. You have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. The Bible is telling us here that through what Jesus has done, now you have been set free from sin. So if you have been set free from sin, so why are you afraid of sin? You have no business with it. Amen. So like I said earlier on, we are not saved by our actions. So our actions cannot take us to hell. And we not. However, I'm helping someone this morning. I'm helping you to understand that salvation is not about your actions. Salvation is about your nature. Salvation is a, is a spiritual thing. Right, salvation is a spiritual thing, and when we teach this kind of messages, people say, you know, we are giving people the opportunity to sin. But look at what the Bible says in the book of verse 16 of that. It said, Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slave? I like how the amplified says it. Let's look at so that's um romans six. Let me go to amplified Romans 6, 16, amplified. He said, Do you not know that if you continually surrender yourselves to anyone to do his will, you are the slaves of him whom you obey? If you continue to surrender yourself to hatred, bitterness, unforgiveness, backbiting, name all of them, he said, you, you are, so if you, if you are doing these things continuously, right, you are surrendering yourself to the author of that thing, those evil practices, obscenity. Yeah, that one stood out to me when I was studying the world this morning. Go to uh, Ephesians chapter five, I think verse four. Obscenity in your language, in your behavior, the images you look at. If you're giving yourself to this, because many, 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 many Christians, I must confess, I would admit, you know, do you believe or agree with this adult language? Adult language. And when people are uh, adult language, we go with the four letter word and all the right, they call it adult language. Obscene movies, they call it adult movies. So because they are adult, they can watch. Because they are adult, they can take in evil into their heart. The Bible does not tell us to flee from all appearance of evil. And that's what Samuel 5 22, I think. The Bible does not tell us in the book of Second Peter chapter 2, verse 8, that uh, this guy, Lot, in Sodom that his soul was tortured tormented because of the evil that he saw and the evil he heard of in Sodom so Lot he was not even he was not going behind the scene or he didn't have have a smartphone to watch those things but these are things he saw on daily basis but many of us will sit down behind the tv and with all 15 18 21 Rated and all manner rated, we sit down there and we take them in. And we wonder, how come am I thinking like a crazy person? So we don't give people license to sin. But we can tell them the consequence of sin. And that's why believers, listen carefully, believers, if anybody you know is giving themselves to sin, protect yourself, shield yourself, stay away. Stay away from them. Go and read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 to 11. Go, go and read it yourself. The Bible says, if anybody wish, if is surrendering, using this version here, yeah. but, but how Paul put it is, if anyone is given to sexual immorality, anyone who surrenders themselves to all this kind of thing, and not just sexual immorality, anger, stealing, um Internet fraud, all this kind of thing. Anyone will give themselves to it. It said, don't even eat with them. What was saying to them is that don't commune with them. And it says to you in the book of 1 Corinthians 6 that evil communication, evil association corrupt good manners. Paul did not ask us, go and read it. He didn't ask you not to relate with people in the world. He said people in the household of God. Because people of the world who are not saved, you mind your boundaries how you live with them. But people in the church can easily influence you. Because we go to church together. So if a a lady comes to tell me a brother in the church did something to her, uh, blah, 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 something, something, something. And I'm going to ask a lot of questions, honestly. Where were you? Where did you go? Now, I don't condone sexual assault. I'm writing a policy for our church against all of this uh, bad behavior. I don't condone this. But before we deal with the matter, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. So where did it happen? Where were both of you? Uh, I went to his house. Uh, And It was around midnight on this day. Questions, what were you doing there? Have you not seen that there's something about this brother in church? Have things not been (sighs) called out? right, Praise the Lord. I feel I should just calm down this before I get passionate about it. Amen. So, we as believers must learn how to manage our relationship with other Christians because not all men all people who call themselves Christians are Christians. Amen. So it's not our actions that take us to hell. It is the sinful nature in us, the unsafe nature of God, or the unsafe nature of the enemy, the devil in us, that takes us to hell. And it's not that God wants to send us to hell. It's that when it's separating wickedness from righteousness, anyone who carries the identity, the DNA of the devil, will end up in hell. You see, it is not about the face of the people. It's not about that God is not targeting some people for hell. God looks at things from a spiritual perspective. He sees either Christ or the devil. So it's about where are you? And it's not based on your actions. It's based on your spiritual identity. Ephesians 1.13 says that you and I have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And an, an, we have been identified as the property of God, the possession of God as a result. Amen. So when you understand these things, you should not be afraid of sin. You should be focused on becoming who God has called you to be. You should be focused on discovering your purpose in Christ Jesus. Because the more you come, the more you focus on what God has done for you in Christ Jesus, the more you focus on who you are in Christ Jesus, the more you focus on the good works that the Bible says that God has prepared in advance for you to do. It, doing silly things will not even make sense to you because your heart is engrossed with what God is calling you to do. Amen. Mm. So when we teach this message and we say this kind of or share this kind of teachings, and we say actions is not what take people to hell, we are not condoning sin, and we're not giving people license to sin. And we're saying that if you find Christians who give themselves to sin and doing all kind of silly stuff with telling you from the word of God that you should stay away from such people. It is in the Bible. It's not, it's not just Pastor Tony saying this. Is go and read First Corinthians 5. Go and read it yourself. Amen. So if, there, if there's any Christian who is having negative influence on you, the Bible says stay away from them, regardless of how long this person has been your friend. Forget about whether you grew up together as children. Forget it. This is a matter of life and death. This is a matter of, when I say life and death, I mean, what God wants to do through you, a lot of lives depend on it. And you can't keep allowing someone who does not respect, honor, and fear the Lord. Next week, I'm talking about the fear of the Lord. Who does not value the words of Jesus Christ. Who does not esteem Christ Jesus. You can't allow them to corrupt your life and your destiny. Because they kind of ruin your life. See, God has helped me to get to this point whereby, when I, whatever I see on TV, I don't believe it. I want to hear the full details. If people are not going to give me the full details, I'm, I'm not ready to listen. Like I was trying to give an example of um, sexual assault earlier on, because I've seen all manner, because some some stories I've had, but I had very, I have questions. You know, there's some celebrity issues that were on TV recently, not too long ago, I get, and I had questions i don't condone it i don't support it i frown upon it i have issues with those men but the question is why would those ladies put themselves in harm's way and i was chatting with someone yesterday and i was talking about a friend that we we're having a chat with and i was into the lady i was like and you know you not know they got in the way i got into this conversation i'm like hey, what are you doing in this man's house at this time of the, at that time of the day what are you doing there so, this person was not sexually abused they were not I'm like, what are you doing there? For what reason? You guys can talk on the phone? Well, what, what, was your intention? So if this guy hurt you or something or something happened, how would you explain it? And you co- they are not members of our church anyway. And you come to me and say, Pastor, uh, this happened between me and this person. Because something is this. <sighs> Some women will consent. Then when the man does not fulfill, their attempts based on whatever they were thinking then they'll res- escalate the issues but i'm not saying this that's the that's the result in m- most instances or most cases but because we are not there we cannot judge because no one is there except there's a CCTV camera or something which i don't want to watch the video then we can't we, we, we can't we can tell but what i can say to ladies and men today is shield yourself amen so there are two messages in this. God is saying to you, shield yourself. I'm also teaching you, you don't need to be afraid of sin. Amen. Because sin will control you. Because what you're praying for all the time is Father, forgive me for the sin I've committed the one I've not committed. Seriously. Friends, as people who are the carrier of the Spirit of God, when we the moment we do wrong, we should know. Because we have the anointing inside of us. Who teaches us all, who teaches us all things? Who tell us, no, you didn't, you didn't do well. You didn't say well. And you repent instantly, Amen. And some of us, there are sins that we are committing that it is when we are reading our Bible in five years now you realize that Ah, what I've been doing is wrong, and, God, and all you just need to do is repent. So if God were to be holding your sins against the one you are not aware of, you are finished, Amen. So it's not about business to be praying over the sin I've committed, the sin I've not committed. Rather, we should focus on becoming who God has called us to be. We should be looking at Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We should be focused on. Becoming that person. Identifying the attributes of the the new man, of the new woman, the nature of the new man, of the new woman. Recognize it and practice it. Try to live like that. And you will see that you are becoming that. Amen. You are becoming that. So that should be your focus, not what you should not be doing. Because the more the more you focus on, I don't want to sin, I don't want to lie, I don't want to do this. You realize that you are constantly thinking of how to avoid instead of how to become. So if there's anyone in the service today who has struggled with the fear of sin, I brought a solution to you, a five-star tested, timely tested solution, that if you trust your trust in the Lord, if you focus on identifying your new man, the new person in you, and you, you begin to practice it, seeing with nothing. Even when people offer you, like, no, no, I'm too big for that. Amen. Amen. So as I wrap up, um, I think I've covered most of the things already. my known, fantastic. So a few remedy I want to share with us. If I um, I know I've covered one or two of them, and about more here. I talked about Philemon 1.6 that you know uh, the acknowledge, it said that, that the communication of your faith may, be, may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that God has done for you in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Let's go there, Philippians 4.8. Uh, let me read from New King James. Philippians 4 8 says, says uh, it said finally brethren whatever things are true whatever things are noble whatever things are just whatever things are pure whatever things are lovely whatever things are of good report if there's any virtue and if there's any praiseworthy meditate on these things the previous verse talks about not, not being anxious the verse 6 says be anxious for nothing be concerned for nothing don't be bothered about whether you sin or not. Saturate your mind with the truth of the fact that you, you now carry heaven on the inside of you. Because the Bible says Christ in you, the hope of glory. So if you are thinking of going to meet Jesus in heaven, you are looking too far. Because it's right here inside of you. He's dwelling in you. So you carry heaven on the inside. You carry the presence of God. So when we pray in services, not we don't say those kind of prayers here. Yeah. Just much church, God, let your presence come and be with us. Those prayers are not correct because you are asking God for something He has already given to you. You know, people could repeat what Moses said. He said, "If you don't go, we'll not go." He said, "Your presence go with us." No, no, no. It has an Old Testament, right? Um, I don't, I don't need to. No, God is with me. He dwells with me. Second Corinthians chapter six says that He, he promised it's going to be my Father, and He has fulfilled it. It's going to be, it's going to be my Father. It's going to be my God. You know. It's gonna work with me. Even the and God demonstrated this in the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 20. The Bible says that as the apostles went preaching his word, it said God was confirming his word with signs for God was walking with them. Amen. So back in the days we were praying for God to go with them, but now God is working with people. As you and I are the carrier of life, carrier of Christ Jesus inside of us, as we speak the word of God, the presence of God is manifesting there. Amen. So I don't pray for God's presence to come. Or God to come, Holy Spirit to come. No, no, no. no. No, no, those prayers are not correct. He's in me. And that's why I can wake up even when I'm tired and I can hear demons are doing something somewhere like how dare you get out in the name of Jesus even in my tiredness. And because they are not deaf, they hear, they obey. Amen. Amen. So the Bible says to us here in Philippians 4.8 that you should think on, go and read it yourself. There are, there are quite a few points there. True. Is it true that you are not born again? Is it true that you go to hell because, you're, because you messed up at some point? That's not true. So you don't meditate on that. Is it true? Whatever, whatever, whatever things are, whatever, whatever fears and concern. I wish I had more. I have a live session where I ask people questions because I, in my spirit, as I'm teaching you guys, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm picking signals in my spirit. Just like I cannot really articulate them in words, but I can pick signals in my spirit, and there's there are restlessness in there's restlessness in my spirit about like what people are going through in terms of sin. I think I can, I can sense strongly in my spirit and over consciousness of sin. Why? so when you have when some churches have a month, month of they I can't remember their name. They have this month where you think month of um, holiness, month of this. And you know the way they talk. Why should holiness be a one-month thing? Right? Um, something something of holiness, and the whole church at believing God they'll be able to walk in holiness. No, no, no. You cannot walk in holiness that way. How you walk in holiness is is an everyday thing as you realize and discover what God has done for you in Christ Jesus, where He has made you to be. You are righteous, you are holy. And you have to be confirming it. And that's why Romans chapter 6 verse 11 says to you that you should reckon yourself dead to sin and alive to God. Reckon yourself. I cannot let yourself dead to sin. Amen. I'll shut down there. I cannot let you. Um, let's go Romans 6. Romans 6, 11. I want to give you guys a walk there. You should take your time to read the book of um, uh, Romans chapter 6 this week. Now, let me take from Ten says, for the death that he died, talking about Jesus, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, likewise, r- you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. <clears throat> if it is a supernatural provision, what do you need to do? You receive it. You believe it and you receive it and you walk in it. Amen. So from today, I don't want to, I want to believe that. Um, People who have listened to this message will stop, will block the consciousness of sin. Not that they are flirting with sin one way or the other, but they start looking at what God has done for them in Christ Jesus. They start meditating on their position in Christ Jesus and who God has called them to be. And finally, I want to say that don't feed on evil. I've said I talked about it. Your Netflix, your rated all manner of rated movies. You know the fact that something is called adult doesn't mean that when you become an adult you can watch. Right, the Bible says, "Flee from all appearance of evil." If people call it flee for you adults, it's not adults, it's devil. Right. So when you when you see those, when you see anything adult, adult rated movie, right? See it as devil rated movie. I'm, I'm calling it. I'm, I'm amplifying so that you just listen to how I, I, I express it. devil rated movie because those things they bring evil into your mind and your life. And then because at some point there's a shock in your brain, you don't want to do these things and it produces fear in you. Because your mind has been so much programmed with that junk and you don't want to do it. But your desires are gearing towards that direction. I'm like, Lord, why? And then you are afraid not wanting to sin, not wanting to do this. You are so conscious of not wanting to sin. But you got yourself into it in the first place. And I'm not condemning you today. I'm saying, stop, cut it off. And start feeding your mind on the right stuff. If you read the book of Romans chapter 6, it says, just the way you have given your members, your mind, your body to sin. It said, now give them to righteousness. So if you got yourself into the fear of sin because of a lot of junk and nonsense you've watched, if you want to come out of it, you need to begin to feed your mind on good things, on righteous things, on holy things, and you begin to see changes in your life. Thank you guys for um, connecting this morning. Well done for coming to church. I'm sure this blesses you. In the, play this message and repeat and repeat and repeat until sudden things start sticking to your mind. There's so much in there that I couldn't cover um, in terms of scriptures to validate to prove the things I've shared with you guys. But listen to the message. Take those chapters, Romans chapter five, Romans chapter six. Take your time and meditate on it. God has delivered you from the power of sin, so you don't need to be afraid of sin. You have a new nature in Christ Jesus. You no longer have the nature of sin. You should not be too, You should not be overly conscious of. One not wanted to make a mistake. Jesus lives inside of you. Focus on becoming who God has called you to be. Focus on uh, discovering those abilities, those new nature attributes that God has given to you in Christ Jesus, Jesus that God has produced in you in Christ Jesus, in your spirit. And start um, start studying how you can begin to live it. that. Start practicing them. And you realize that you begin to experience the peace of God. Stop all this... You know, or, or, Stop Stop nosing, putting your nose into something that doesn't concern you. Don't allow your curiosity to go in a direction it should not go. Focus on the word of God. Focus on the truth. Focus on things that are noble. Focus on things that are just. Avoid obscenity in every way, shape or form. On Instagram, on Facebook. Some people you just got to block off. Hello, man, listen to this. Some people you got to block off. If you have a friend or friends on Instagram and all they do is to literally strip themselves, it's time... East e- okay. I don't need to teach you what to do, but it's, you have a responsibility because a woman should not be keep feeding you lost and you are taking it in because of your friend. You gotta do something about it. Amen.